This week on Practically Christian Podcast, we continue our discussion of millennials leaving the church. Base, doesn't it? I really like that. Right, right. And again, a huge shout out to Josh for making that beat. Yep, nice um, stuff. And I had every intention on putting a link to your SoundCloud, Josh, but I don't have it because you didn't send it the right way, and I couldn't. So, did you get one to to put it up there, or no? And Joshua, I fr- send it in. Anyway, yeah, because he has a lot more beats out there. It's I'm not just that one. For the beats In fact, he played one for me on Sunday at church. You and literally cut me off while I was talking, but go ahead. I'm going to let you. I was in the middle of a no. thought. It's all good. He played one for me Sunday while we were at church. Mm-hmm. And like, it was, it was really good. I really liked it. And he was like, oh, I don't even like this one. I was like, dude, that one's banging. Now you can tell everyone why you're excited. I don't even want to share it anymore. Well, just share it. Don't be like that. We are on the air, and I'm not deleting this one because it's <laughs> taken me 18 times to get the intro right. I'm excited because Joshua put together a little beat for me. For what? For my podcast. There you go. Wow. <laughs> when's anyway. It, when's your podcast dropping? Soon. Do you Soon. have gear? Do I have gear? Yeah, like how are you going to record it? Um, You're going to do it for me. <laughs> I am a very expensive producer. Oh, you paid all right. <laughs> you just keep going. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> so this week we're going to we're going to continue talking about millennials leaving the church and I will say this before we even get started because I have had people come up and ask me mm-hmm. what does this like have to do with being practically Christian? And really in all honesty it has a lot. Okay. Um for starters, it's very interesting to me. This article was very interesting to me because the we one are on faith mo- it? Yeah. Okay. By Sam Eaton. Because mm-hmm. we are the millennials. Like and then if and and I'm not gonna go all into it because it would take up all of our podcast time. Right. Um, but I was the millennial that left the church. So right. we have mm-hmm. we really have two different like stats out there. So the first one was eighty percent of millennials leave the church when they turn eighteen and they're no longer forced to go. Okay. Okay, and this is from the Barna study group. Mm-hmm. But with that stat, what they were finding is, yeah, 80% left, but then some came back. And by the time some came back, it was like 59% right. actually had left. Right, so now... Without coming back. Right, so okay. now it's 59% leave the church, and that's it, like, left the church. That's huge. And, and you know, so people were asking me, they were like, you know, well, this is kind of like more of a like a churchy topic, and I was like... Yeah, but you're talking about 59% of a population. Like, I'm going to your church and imagine half of them leaving. And you know what? And it's not funny, but, like, I've had this conversation over the last couple of weeks with some people. And it's their reaction is always interesting to me because I usually see shock, but then nobody really knows what to say. Like, it's an uncomfortable conversation. You have now just, like described Your most life. of my life <laughs> like i say something and people are like what well sometimes <clears throat> you come out with some things sometimes <laughs> where it's like what i don't why? where did that come from why why um but no i and i agree like when when people really start hearing these numbers 
I think they they really get a bigger perspective of the size of this issue. But I think a lot of people, unfortunately, want to keep blinders on and not acknowledge that there is a problem and there is something wrong. And, you know, there are huge numbers of of millennials. I say young people, but I'm not young anymore. Um, Kind of not young anymore. No, but you are a millennial. I know, but I'm saying, like, I wanted to say young people, and then I was like, but I'm talking about millennials, and then, but I'm a millennial. But I'm, whatever. Anyway, I lost. No, not the first graders. Not the first graders, no. Um, there's a huge problem. And and I was talking with the principal at work today, mm-hmm. and, and we were discussing this. And, and first and foremost, like, and one of the things I was explaining to him is, like, understand we're church planners we love the church like genuinely love the church Mm -hmm. and the church the ecclesia the gathering of god's people right is more than just any one building correct um so i would you know i i want to lead with that if any of this sounds like we're bashing we're bashing the church or the institution of church by no means like that is not at all what we are trying to do with this we see a problem and go it needs to be fixed something needs to happen something needs to change we need, you know, we love feedback from... Well, and the problem is on two sides. Okay. And this is what I was telling the principal. Like, you know, the first side is with millennials' hearts. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some work we have to do as millennials. There, there's some you need to get over it. Right. And then the second is, um, and it, it deals more with with church in general. Mm-hmm. You know, and... And again, I'm not saying we need to do all of these changes in in, in, in the church right. to attract people. Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately, it's God's church. It, Jesus in Matthew 16 says he will build the church. Right. So it's not our church. It's not, you know, whoever your pastor is. It, it's Jesus's church. Right. And and, and we're going to discuss that a little bit. Um, but really, in all honesty, like, we love the church. And, and none of this should come off as... As us trying to bash the institutions of the church. Right. So the first point, and, and we're really just going to pick up in the article. There's two more um, reasons that Sam Eaton gave in his article okay. about why millennials are leaving the church. Mm-hmm. So so the next one we're going to look at is, um, <clears throat> is, is millennials' mistrust of the institution of church. Mm, okay. Excuse me. <clears throat> I am so sorry. I just, try to get the volume I, one I time. just told Josh every time we do a podcast, I have to cough. It's got to be the corner we're sitting in. It is not my office. You put baby in the corner and look what happens. I start coughing. <laughs> Nobody puts baby in the corner. Roadhouse. Oh, okay, no. Keep going. Anyway, understand if you watch the news for longer than two minutes, the church is not the only insta- institution. <laughs> institution. <laughs> <clears throat> that you you got to give me a little more I'm warning. So I can sorry. turn it, down the it, volume. It just keeps coming up. Um, <clears throat> but the church is not the only institution millennials don't trust. And again, if you went back and listened to a couple of podcasts, I forget the episode we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. The two biggest defining moments in your, in a millennial's life were nine eleven mm-hmm. and the financial crisis Which of 08. impacted us both of them. <laughs> well, and. It, <clears throat> I almost had it turned down. No, I'm good. And and when we when we look at 9-11 and the war that came after it, mm-hmm. okay, so for those of you who don't, I mean, it, it really, it, it doesn't matter where you live in the world, 
this affected you somehow, you know? Right. Like it, it, it was like right there. I know for a, for a period of time on the brink of, you know, another world war, but, um, this, this war is, is founded. And then they're like, Oh, there's all these weapons of mass destruction that these terrorists have. And lo and behold, they came out and they were like, Oh, we didn't find any. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in the financial crisis, what you see is, you know, the collapse really of the American economy. I mean, the Great Recession, as it was called. Now, granted, mm -hmm. it wasn't as bad as the Great Depression back in, you know, 29. Everybody remembers that. But really? Nothing? You didn't? I'm just looking at you. Okay. Um, <laughs> however, to have lived through the Great Recession, it mm -hmm. was a very challenging time. And, and right. unemployment shot up mm -hmm. and... And everybody was hurting. Right. And then you look at the news and the government's passing out billions upon billions of dollars, mm -hmm. you know, to the common person to help. Right. Right. No. To the bankers of Wall Street. <laughs> like the people that caused this economic collapse. It was painful to watch. So you see these big events that shape most millennials and they and these events do make you a little mistrusting. A little wary of. Of people who were supposed to. Help and take care yes. of you. Mm -hmm. So, so millennials, I think, have that natural inclination because, to be like, "Nope, I don't trust you." Right, because the majority mm -hmm. of millennials came of age. Mm -hmm. You know, we we were just starting out in our careers. Most of us were just finishing, you know, high school or college, and and then boom, like now you got this big degree, you got all this student loan, and there's no jobs out there. Guilty, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so I think. There developed a certain natural tendency, almost to be defiant. To be towards... Well, not not necessarily defiant, but distrusting. Well, I of. think it's led to a defiance. Oh, absolutely. I but, don't think but it definitely started a that way. A mistrust, right? Defiance from mistrust. Um, and and really, if you want to look at this like through the political sphere, you know, you look at candidates like Bernie Sanders mm -hmm. or AOC. Mm -hmm. You know, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Sure. Um, and and <clears throat> we can sit here and go, how did these people get so much traction? Like, how do they get this following? You know, really, they're trying to peddle socialism, right? Um, and really, they resonate with the millennials because, again, the millennials are sitting here going, I don't, I don't trust when when. It's only a few people who have too much power. Right. And this isn't a podcast on socialism. Right. Um, but they saw the government giving out millions of dollars and they're unemployed, you know, unemployed, underemployed, you know, have all the student loan and they're like, but you're not helping me at all. Right. You know, and so you're going back to the initial what you were talking about with well, I'm just I'm just showing you tying like it this, all together. Yeah, this okay. this this whole thing this 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 is how it didn't happen we, overnight. They didn't just wake up one right. day and go, "I don't trust leadership or the church." Right. They went. Uh, there are people that have shown me over the course of the past 15 years that I can't trust um, people I'm supposed to trust. Right, and really, this has made us <clears throat> made us very hypercritical. And and that oh, you see sure. that and the reason I brought up like the political party is mm -hmm. you see it in politics. Oh yes. You know you see it. You know in the tolerance movements. You know all the different movements that that have been going on, and unfortunately you see it now in church. Mm -hmm. You know and and the, the the when the church like even gives a hint 
of not being on the up and up. And let's be right. honest. If That's happened lately. A lot. Sure. You know, uh, James McDonald a couple of weeks ago. I mean, they just found out, like, you know, he's been doing some kind of shady practices with some of the money and, and, and things like that in the church. And, and as millennials, when you see these huge mega pastors mm-hmm. doing stuff like this. Right. You know, and yeah, he's up in Chicago. You know, he's very far away from Florida. <laughs> But you go if if they're doing it, then over there, then it's, my it's pastor happening. might be doing it right, too. Right, right. Um, and and really, all you got to do is look up like church fails on YouTube, mm-hmm. and you can see like these aren't as isolated as people once thought. It's happening all over the place. I mean, years and years and years ago, if you know, before we were even born, you know, if you would have told someone you were a pastor, mm-hmm. people would have automatically held you. In a a higher higher respect. And when I talk to older pastors, like, these are some of the things they, you know, they tell me. And and it's like, you know, back in the day, you know, you ran into someone and they found out you were a pastor, you know, they may buy you lunch or, but we've abused that trust. They didn't cuss in front of you? (laughs) (laughs) But, no, but they've abused that trust. Right, unfortunately. You know, and not every pastor, but, but there are pastors out there who have abused that trust. And now you, we, what we're seeing is a reflection of that. Right. Now, now you're seeing this generation of hypercritical people who are already on edge about just, you know, buying in. Right. And so if anything, like, doesn't look like it's completely transparent, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they're like, nope, 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 I don't want anything to do with this. Right. And some and people just far, don't trust it to begin with. And it's far and few between before they would... That they would sit down and be like, hey, let me talk to you about this. Um, can you explain where you're coming from with this? They just go, nope, I'm leaving. I'm done. Yep. And and, now, and to a and, certain degree, I, I mean, I, I, I understand that. I, I can understand what you mean. But <clears> now <throat> I want to talk to the millennials on this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, first and foremost, what is the church made of? Like, what, what makes up the church? People. People. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, you know, how good their heart is. People are still broken. Like, we are all broken individuals. Yes. Myself included. I would say pastors included. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're less broken than much. Nope. <laughs> As Paul would say, I am chief of sinners. I'm just but Just a joke. But it's made up of broken people, and, and you should realize that you are a broken person. Right. You know, so, yeah, people make mistakes, and, and people... But that's why you don't put your trust in... In people. In people. You right. put your trust in Jesus. Right. And then, when I mean, everyone has to account for what they do. Right. But what... And, and this is what I said. There's blame on both sides of this. Mm-hmm. Okay, millennials, you need to kind of... Buck, we need to kind of buck up. Okay, we need to understand, okay, I've been hurt, but... Like, seriously, like, I, I go back to... Like, go back to high school, you know, and you had your first breakup. Right. You know, and you're like, I'm never going to love again. <laughs> you know, you sat on the couch under the blanket. You know, you ate your bonbons. And, right. You know, but eventually you loved again. Right. And again and again. And in some of y'all's cases, way too much. <laughs> Just kept and you keep on keeping on. Um, but. Just kidding. But eventually you, you found that one. You decided I'm going to settle down. I'm going to start a family. Right. You would have never got there. Had you not started loving again. Correct. And to some millennials, we need to do that. Right. We need to, we need to buck up and go, yeah, look, they're broken. I'm broken. Mm-hmm. Um, we all jacked up together. But is this the majority or the minority of churches that, that are doing that? 
You know what I mean? I do. And and as pastors, we should have transparency. Like we should go above and beyond to prove to people that we are trustworthy. Right. I mean, this is one of the qualifications of being a pastor that Paul lays out in Timothy. Right. You know, above reproach. You know what I mean? I do. Um, but that was the that was the point number three that that just distrust of the institution of mm-hmm. church, and and some of that is is warranted, and some of that millennials of we need to get over. Stop being so extra and just move on. Now the second reason, and this is actually one of my personal biggest pet peeves. Okay. Um. It's that whole mindset, but this is how we've always done it. Like, we're not going to change anything. This is how we've always, we've always put the chairs this way. Mm. We've always done communion this way. We've always, like, this is our Easter outreach, and this is what we've always done. Mm. Mm-hmm. That, That's hard for me and you both, because we both have that as a pet peeve. That single-handedly is, mm-hmm. is my biggest pet peeve when it comes to... Yep. Have to sing this list yep. of songs, have to sit this certain way, everyone has to be in their certain positions. It can't just be... It's a turnoff. Oh, that's the seat I always sit in. Uh, th- like That actually happened to me. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I had the girls with me, and it actually happened. They were babies. And I was shooed away by someone in the choir. Choir. On the choir, because I was in their spot, and they needed to be able to see. So first and foremost, as we look at this point, this is what I've always done. Jesse Potter is quoted as saying, if you've always do what you've always done... You'll always get what you you always got. That's right. And Jesus talks about it in Mark 7 Mm -hmm. and Matthew 15. You know, he's telling the Pharisees, like, you put your traditions above the law of God. And what happens in your traditions? You You will. will, You'll die in your traditions. You'll die. But, like, Jesus actually tells them, like, you have nullified the word of God because of your tradition. Mm -hmm. Understand, we do this. And we do this a lot. I was going to say all the... That is one of the most, well, as a teacher, as a pastor's wife, it is one of the most frustrating things. I, I can't even wrap my head around Like, it. don't get me wrong. I understand the flip side of it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. But understand, if 59% of a generation is leaving, there's something, there's something broken. Yep. Like, again, if, if all of a sudden you were using, you know, thousands upon thousands of water in your house... And you don't normally use that much water. Right. Chances are a pipe's broken somewhere. Right. You need to this do water's something. water's going somewhere. Right. Um, now, what exactly is broken? Hey, that's different in every single case. Right. Um, but part of the problem is we have to contextualize to our audience. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Paul never at any point in his church planning career went, this is the prepackaged church plan. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is like, this is the way to church plant. Like he never once says that, you know, he takes a different approach depending on where he's at. He didn't. Plant. And and you and I, Whoa, both, oh, my that bad. was loud. <laughs> so sorry. You and I, I mean, there are people that have told you, unless you had 150 people, you couldn't even start church planting. Yeah. And there are church planting organizations that believe that. And that's great. And it works for them. And, sure. but it's not contextualized. Mm-mm. And, and uh, the example like you see is. Or, or an example I can give, I mean, I would not do well right. preaching at a Spanish-speaking church. Right. Why? 
Because I don't speak Spanish. Because you don't speak Spanish. Like, I can understand it and I can get by, but, like, I don't speak Spanish. So, I wouldn't do well there because I can't contextualize to that audience. Right. Um, And if we look at, like, millennials, we are doing things different than any other generation before us. We were just watching that that video yesterday. On YouTube Um, about the stealth camping. Yes. Amazing. I loved it. And these people are taking vans, like... Well, and transforming them into homes. Right. And and then just like living, living wherever. It. And we are a far more transient society. Right. You know, we are we are a group of people who will just get just up go. and go. Bye. In fact, you know, there's people living like in Walmart parking lots now. On purpose. See, the goal of our parents was to get a steady job, to be well, stable. Work for 30 years. To get a house, mm-hmm. have a family, do your 30 and retire. Right. And what you see in the millennial generation mm-hmm. is the opposite of that. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to live in my van. Down Walmart, by the river. <laughs> and, and and not just a van, but like a decked out. We got this thing put together. Oh, yeah. These, purpose, were, these are nice. Right, these are like, these aren't like, they're not just living there because they're homeless. Like they, this is on purpose. Sold everything they had and saving their money and. Traveling the world. And just doing, and again, like, we could do a whole podcast on this, but just doing what they want to do. Right. Like, they want to go live in Georgia, they're going to move to Georgia for, you know, and when they get tired of Georgia, they're going to go over to, you know, Indiana. And when they get tired of Pawnee, which I don't know how you can get tired of Pawnee. Or Scranton. (laughs) You know, they're they're just going to move to the next place. In fact, according to Dave Ramsey, Hmm. the average person will have over seven jobs during their 20s alone. Wow. That was not me. (laughs) That most millennials Mm -hmm. will change their job every three years. Wow. And if you look at millennials, Mm -hmm. myself included, Mm -hmm. like there was a time when I was going to be a cop. Right. You know, and you had to do that 10-year work history. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, (laughs) I don't even remember everywhere I worked. Like, Uh, it was nothing for me to switch jobs. Like That was interesting. You know, and and again, you're you're dealing with people who, who genuinely... I don't know if we necessarily have ADHD or if we just were conditioned to have it. But when you deal with especially technology and, and we'll, oh, do a, yeah. we'll do a, a whole another podcast on this. But, there are so many things that happen to the brain. Right. And, and it remaps the brain. Right. You know, and, and so I sit here and I go, you know, a, a, another stat to throw out according to Women's Health Magazine. Oh, Which boy. I don't subscribe to, but I, I found the I stat. I was going to say, so, I don't know why you were uh, reading that. I just want to make sure you're okay, boo. Okay. <laughs> so the average age our parents got married. So if you go back just one generation, the average age they got married was 20. Mm-hmm. For millennials, it's 29. I was 24. You were 21. Well, yes, but... And we like, were and considered young. And understand, this is the average. Right, right. Um, in other words, like, right, wrong, or indifferent... Things are changing, and this means we have to change, too. Right. We have to adapt, too. We can't do what we've always done. It's okay to change. And and just like the first point, now I'm going to talk to millennials. Do not expect a church to cater to your particular individual taste. Right. Church is not who has the best light show and (laughs) and whose worship band is the best. and, And I don't even know who quotes it, but, you know, I've seen it floating around on Facebook a lot. You know, don't look for the church Closest to your home, look, look for the church yes. closest to the Bible. And, and again, like... Hashtag yes. <laughs> and again, I just sit here and I go, if you want to see that transformation in your life and you want to see God move in your life, mm-hmm. you have to be plugged into a good Bible-believing church. Right. Like, 
We have everything we could need in mm-hmm. the Bible. Right. The Bible is sufficient, is without error. And in Hebrews, like, uh, I'm sorry, I was like getting, like, I was about to get on I, a roll. I saw that. Like, his oh. face got red and, because yeah. Because, again, I get it. Like, I am that person that likes to just drop and go. Like, right. you know, it, it's just part of who I am. Right. Um, but the truths of the Bible are eternal. Mm-hmm. Hebrews says that God was the same yesterday as he is today and will be tomorrow. Right. So I, I have to understand that at some point my nature, just because this is the way I am, may not be in line with the way I should be. Right. You know, and, and eventually I did have to man up and go, no, I need to settle down. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I still get sometimes that urge to run. Mm-hmm. That's just the cowboy in me. Oh, boy. That's right. It's in my girl. You did it. Um. But if we are so stuck in what we've always done as the church, and it has to look this way, and it has to go this way, then understand we are not contextualizing for that audience. Right. And again, I'm not saying we have to change our mission. I'm not. I'm definitely not saying we have to change our message. Right, but back, back to what you were saying about millennials wanting the church to look the way they want it to. It, wrapping that up, it's not always going to be that. No. You may not like the worship. You may not like... The children's Especially service, until you whatever. understand, like, why are they doing what they're doing. But if they are a Bible-believing, teaching, preaching, Jesus-loving, serving church, you found gold. Absolutely. But in the end, is it worth as the church chasing after millennials? Is it even worth it? Mm. Are you asking me? Well, what do you think? Do you think it is? I think we should seek people out, yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say this. Jesus mm-hmm. said he was the good shepherd, and he would leave the ninety nine to go find the one. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say it's definitely worth it. Yeah. I would say we should be doing what we can be doing, and I'm not saying throw away good solid doctrine and theology and right. teaching. No, like, right. We need more of that. <clears throat> right. More of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I am saying though is again, it would do me no good to go preach in a Spanish church. Right. Like, if we're speaking a language that someone's not understanding, understand your message isn't getting across. Right. Um, You know, we should be grounded in the Bible, and nothing should move us away from that. Like, that should be our message. I agree. Sold. And yes, millennials, like, they have places, you know, they need to grow and mature. But if we're not communicating with them, then understand the world is. Right. Okay, and the world is doing a job of oh, going. Oh, they're reaching them, all right. Hey, look, you know, you don't have to go to church. You don't have to believe in God to still come and do good things. And millennials, really, in all honesty, we're a generation that wants to change the world. We do. We want to do things. We want to see lives change and transformed yeah. and help people and, and serve and people. And understand, if we're not explaining <clears throat> to them that this can only happen through Jesus, Jesus, right? They're gonna find someone who can go. Well, we can go feed the homeless. Sure. You know, we can go, you know, take care of the poor. We can go tutor underprivileged kids. We mm-hmm. can go do all of these things. Without And we don't Jesus. have to tie ourselves right. down to some bigoted, out-of-date religion. And that's right. the message the world is teaching them. Right. And they're sitting here going, oh, but well, you guys are good. actually about what you say you're about. Right. And you're not just sitting here going, well, you know, this is how we've always done it. Let's have a meeting on if we should paint the walls white. Now, research has shown that the vast number of millennials are not against God. In fact, most are asking, what does the Bible really say? Most of them are very curious about that. Right. 
So, and, and that's next week's topic. However, there are things we could be doing better as a church. Not just for millennials, but right. for all of us to move closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I challenge you this week, be introspective. If you're a millennial and you are being petty and making excuses for not being a part of the bride of Christ, Mm. the church, like, is that what you're doing? Are you really sitting here? Like, do you really have a legitimate beef against the church or are you just being petty and making excuses? Mm. Are you struggling with a heart issue? Maybe. Right. You know, for the church, we're holding on to, to tradition so tight sometimes that we're failing to change for anything. Now, again, if it's a doctrine issue, that's different. But if it's just a, this is how we've always done it issue, man, let it. that thing go. Yep. You know, really ask yourselves and go deep. Again, I'm not saying change our message. Our message is eternal. It should never change. But I am saying we, we can look at different ways to say our message. Right. To communicate our message, to get our message out. Mm-hmm. So as always, we can't wait to talk to you again next week. And you can always join the conversation on Facebook at Practically Christian Podcast or on Instagram at Practically underscore Christian underscore podcast. We love you guys. Love you guys. And we can't wait to talk again. All right. Don't do it. Love you. Sounds really good.